I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back, old friends and new. It's Series 2. What? Yeah, we did a long old big series for series one and then we had a break and now we're back and I am so excited to bring you this episode. It's Cindy V. Cindy is a stand-up comedian. We talk about doing the Apollo together. She is a wonderful lady in her own right. In her own right, yeah? Doesn't mean anything in this context. You're welcome. Oh my gosh, this story I've told her should be a film, okay? I'm not going to say anything else about it because I want you to get your ears out right now uh give them a little clean and get into it and um thank you very much for listening you will not be sorry actually this time hello Cindy V hi Lou Sanders we're wearing the same clothes we've both got gray sports bras on and we've got pink the same top vests. it's the same fucking top dude. Is it it's not it's the same top whoa I never do anything on video in my gym clothes but I was like oh it's Lou it's cool I'll just work out and jump on yeah 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 and I the thing is I've been wearing these clothes this is so gross I wore the same thing yesterday and didn't work out uh only for like a couple of hours and then I didn't work out so I put it on today thinking I will work out today I haven't worked out I haven't worked out no but that's normal that's not gross and the thing is you know the first rule of working out dress walk the walk or talk the talk till you can walk the walk. Dress for the hobby that you you want, you know? <laughs> yeah, dress for the body you're going to work for. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> You've got like a city mentality, though. You know, you're like probably like up at six you know you've ju- you've got a juice with you you know you've got a city right mentality here. yeah right, used right to work here. in the city you know I did although I wasn't this healthy when I worked in the city I think I have a more than a city mentality I have a strict Indian family mentality where I was right. we were not allowed to sleep in we woke up at 5 30 when I was 10 years old my mother we just moved back to India from the Philippines and we were living in this tiny apartment in the mountains where my sister was going to boarding school and my mother would wake me up at 5:30 and say sweep the house and then make breakfast and then go to school. Wow. And we weren't like in a pos- you know we were in a pos- we were well off. It wasn't yeah. like it was you know I it would it was not like we were in that state where I had to do housework but she yeah, was like yeah, no. Yeah. No 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 no. She said I want you to understand the power of being able to do your own work with your own hands. I was 10. I was like, I'd like the power of sleep, please. Yeah. So I think it started with that. Well, that's, that is, that's That's intense. intense. Yeah. I'm quite, get up quite early, like eight. That's quite early for a comic. I get up about eight every day. 
I'm not sweeping anything. No way, no, no way. Of course not. Of course not. But I think, <laughs> but you know, I think I'm sweeping up with a mess, emotional mess from the night before. Exactly. <laughs> but I think now it, it, I've, I've really learned. Well, I'm, no, that's not true. I've fallen in love with the idea of uh, checking in with myself about what I want to do and why. Mm. Whether it's I want to sleep in or don't sleep in or whatever, because I think I think you can only have that much guidance, and then at some point you take over and you say, right, this is how I want to live. Mm. So whether you wake up at eight or at six, the, for me the important thing is, are you doing it because you want to do it? And that's a great that that by the way it's great to have those choices. Uh, ebbs and flows. I think hundred percent. If you're getting up early and working out all the time, the impact on the body. I think that's too extreme. My friend looks like a like a muscle guy now. I think it's too much. Yeah, and I find that the you know I I I've 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 had great success in my life with being dogmatic about my uh, schedule. Um, and I but I really believe that that success was for that time in my life. I don't think I can carry it through to every time in my life. You know. Yeah. I've also become cognizant of how angry I was internally at the points in my life where externally I was doing real good you know yes. wake up early go for a run then take the kid you know I used to run four and a half miles before I took my kids to school when they were little yeah and you know so to to be that kind of young mother who gets up and before the kids and goes onto the park and runs and comes back and then makes them breakfast and takes them to school and they're doing really well in school but I was furious with myself and the world and yeah. so I now look back and I think oh I was really fit and so on, but oh, I was so furious. Yeah, but maybe the run was getting out like getting out of that. It old was, anger. it was, yeah, it yeah. was, it was, it was. Anyway. Well, you could put this music under anything. What is the first cuddle you remember, Sindhu V? Well, uh, Lou Sanders, <laughs> I have to be honest with you. Um because I don't want to be dishonest on your podcast. Uh, please, if you could maintain an integral honesty throughout. Yeah, I don't have a lot of memories of when I was very little, but I. So this is sort of it's a, it's a piece together answer. Mm. I remember being carried, and always carried very closely oh. by my ayah. She was ayahs are like nannies, but they're not fancy. They're usually, you know, in India, they're usually illiterate women who come to work in a house because something has happened or they need the money or whatever, yeah. you know. So she was older and she was Nepalese. And she pretty much raised me. I used to call her Ama, which means mother in Nepalese. Oh. And I thought her and I worked for my dad, my sister and my mom. I didn't know they were my dad, my sister and my mom. <laughs> You're kidding. No, I used to call them Sahab Mem Sahab, sir and madam and their daughter. I didn't know that we... And my mother was very fine with this because my mother was coming out of a terrible postnatal depression and I think, you know, she said to me, I knew that this woman would be much better at caring for you because I was, I was, you know, finished. So, yeah. and so that's then, quite um, clever. Yeah, it's amazing what women who are given a choice will do to save their child. Yeah. You know, and she had that choice because this lady pitched up. Anyway, so I remember she would carry me, but she used to tie me to her back and do all the housework. Wow. So I imagine that the first cuddles were from her but I will tell you that I have always felt very secure and loved when I remember my time with her which I probably start remembering it when I'm older 
but we used to sleep in the same bed. So, uh, yeah. So I remember she was always there. I was never scared because she was always there and she was always carrying me. And she was Nepalese and tiny. And by the time I was six, I was taller than her, but I still made her carry me. No. So, like, yeah, it was ridiculous. Like my knees would be dragging on the floor. Aww. So, because, you know, like the sort of middle class um, parenting now is like, don't leave them. Well, it's not middle class, but, you know, that sort of thing of like, let them sleep in your bed. Da, da, da. That's more the kind of ethos now around kids because they're only little babies. They don't know what's going on. In India, you don't put kids in other rooms and stuff. That's yeah. not an Indian thing. We sleep with our babies and we sleep oh, in the nice. same room. I, I, Until I came here and had a child... Actually, that's not true. We would watch Western movies in India and there'd always be the parents would be in one room and they'd put the baby in another room alone. And we were like, this is, what the fuck is wrong with these people? When I had my son, my first child, I didn't have a pram and all. I, I didn't buy one until later. My husband's like, we need this. I'm like, why? I'm, I'm there. I'm not putting this kid in a pram. Really? I'll, I'll carry him, yeah. To oh. me, it was so strange to put a little infant in a something else and then wheel them around i was like wait what's happening why can't well, i don't carry you get this backache and I mean, he wasn't eight feet tall he was a baby i'm thinking give yourself a rest pop it in a pram you can still see its face i know but i this are things i, I mean i did then get a pram obviously mm. because I'll, here you're much more active and stuff but i i carried my kids a lot really oh, yeah i think uh, it was a hangover from ama you know i think i won't have a kid thanks for asking <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot isn't it even with one my god it is all the numbers relate to your soul could be good or you could be foul 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 how good are you at cuddles would you say scale of one to ten how would i know you'd have to ask someone who knew me well has it ever been mentioned i hold hands a lot that's nice so if i like you and i'm in the green room with you really? i'll hold your hand yeah oh you've I do got that a, a lot that's a very calming i think i'd quite like that because you've got nice you've got nice um before the apollo let me just say because we did the apollo together no big deal we did and you were emceeing which is a hard job because you take a bullet because you have to go out first and you have to warm up the crowd and we had a tough crowd we had a tough crowd the we second crowd, crowd was was easier but you did a phenomenal job no oh, doubt please. about it but you, but then you came off and instead of being in your own head which i'm sure you were because who isn't when you've just like all these expectations about the apollo and then you do it you, you your adrenaline levels are everywhere and you took the time i never forget it to say to me <laughs> right speak slowly da, 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 like all this advice which i really needed to hear by the way and yeah you were so kind and sort of focused on the next person having to go out there rather than your head about your own gig and it was amazing I mean thank you I mean I do remember because you thanked me even then but I do remember by the way your gig was great when you went behind the curtain to get something and then you came back I thought it was it was what I really loved about your Apollo was it was totally you I loved it no so I'm I'm a hand holder um I'm also I am a hugger as in sometimes I think sometimes there's nothing to be said all that you have to do is give someone a hug. Here's the thing. I take the cuddles word in this context to be asexual. Yes. Because cuddles are cuddles. You know, it's not yeah. like, you know. So in that sense, sometimes when someone will start saying something and we're in a group and other people, like it's, an, it's a tough thing or whatever, other people will talk. I'll just step in and hug them. Yeah. Because what can you say? Yeah. 
Sometimes I think it's worse. It's worse if someone's too nice to you. Have you ever had that thing where you're sort of crying at work or something and you sort of like you're holding it back and you think I can't cry now it's so inappropriate and then if people are too nice to you like don't be nice to me because it will then unleash it'll just I'll yeah, just start yeah, yeah. wailing but a, a silent hug I think is the perfect balance of that so I'm a hugger I I like to hold hands to the point where I hold hands with all my male friends all the time like yeah. even before and so at university I had this friend um, Andrew and we would always hold hands and my now husband at that time he was just a he was just a student and he thought i was uh he's he's like i thought you were a bit loose every time i turned around you were holding some boy's hand and cavorting <laughs> down the street Why and i was not? like and i was like well i mean those two things are not mutually exclusive like i am a bit of a i was a bit of a slag yeah, which yeah, i yeah. love yeah, i really great. miss my slag phase yeah um, and I was also holding hands, and so Let, you should have said to him, "Let's replace loose with spirited." <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, by that time we were dating, so it was yeah, like right. you know whatever. But it was it was weird to me that people thought you only held hands with a guy that you were dating. Yeah, we're a bit probably. Do you think the culture here? How does it compare to India in terms? In of, India, men hold hands all the time. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and I mean, so I hold hands all. My mom and I used to hold hands crossing the street here. Yeah. Like we hold hands all the time. Oh, yeah. Go and tell us this one. Yeah. Have you ever had like a weird or like what? Can you remember like particularly poignant, like best, ca- best case cuddle, best case cuddle or worst case best cuddle case or weirdest cuddle. cuddle, like someone you didn't want to or like when you were a kid? What happened, by the way, with your mom? If you can't remember, this might be more interesting. Like when your mum finished the postnatal depression, you know when you get to the end of the postnatal depression, <laughs> you finish the course of it. Then what happened? Like, did she sort of like slowly bring you back away from... No, 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 nothing like that. Mummy, I got along with Ama very well. It was fine. She was part of the family as in she, she was not part of the family as in she worked in the house and I was tied to her back and she Incredible. was illiterate. And then I remember I got older and I taught her how to count. You Did you? Oh. <laughs> I taught her how to count because she thought the milkman was cheating us. And so she said, oh, I don't think so. I taught her how to make a line on the wall and then make four and then the fifth one to cross over. But anyway, and then my mother started teaching. She went to a school to teach. You know, it was very good for my mother was always very independent minded and was really made for for a career. And then when I was five, four and a half, five, something, we moved to the Philippines, but they didn't tell Ama or me. No. That, and they didn't take her. No. So we just went to the airport one day and my mother was like, thank you, and just grabbed me. And then, and apparently it was pandemonium. Ama fainted. I was screaming because I wasn't no, used to being. No. Yes, yes. And then I, and then I got on this flight, I remember, I mean. Of course, it wasn't at that point. I knew these were my. This was my family, but I also had this. Me and Ama lived together in another room. We kind of didn't have much to do with them, and I don't know exactly what happened. But my mother told me later. She's like, "Oh, and then when we got to Philippines, you were okay." And I'm like, "I got a stammer on that flight." And she said, "Yes." And I'm like, "You didn't worry about it?" She said, "Well, you know, what could we do?" But I said to her much later, because my mom then became a therapist. I said to her, "Did you ever worry about that?" She said to me, "She said, look, listen to me." There are things you can do and there's things you can't do. And we couldn't take her. And by telling her and telling you it wasn't going to serve any purpose, so whatever the outcome was, I had to suck it up. But the one thing that we did do, and she's right, every year my parents, who may not have otherwise gone back to India, went back 
with me and of course with me, but they made sure that I spent time with Alma every year for six years. And then when I came back to India, she came back to work for us. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. My, no, no, my, my mom kept track of her. And I remember... Then I she couldn't even America. write you letters. No, so nothing. So nothing. I can't nothing. even send video in those days. You could do nothing. But also, it shows you the resilience of both children and of love. Because yeah. for me, Amma, Amma was always there. So when we would go back, I, I remember I had one year we stopped in Hong Kong. So I, and my dad gave us some money to go buy what we wanted. And I bought stationery. Mm. I was eight, you know, mm-hmm. and then we went and I went running over to her, Amaji, and I said, look at this, Amma, look at this, Amma, look at this, this is an eraser. Oh. And she said, what's that? And I said, well, when you write something, you erase it. And she said, no, 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 I never want you to erase anything you've written because oh my God. your writing is so, and I was like, oh, oh come God. on, you're so dumb. <laughs> you're so, oh don't my cry. God, I'm don't crying. Cry. <laughs> oh my God. What journey? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, and no one really made a big deal out of it. They were like, we're going to see Ama. And then she worked. So my mom made sure that she had good work and she worked in the house of a very well-known doctor. And that doctor, she was a late doctor, as they're called in India. And her granddaughter was around a lot. So she, so Ama would help her. But the granddaughter called her by name, called her Narmi. And yeah. my mother knew this lady doctor. So when we used to go back, she would say, I'm dropping Sindhu off to Amma's because Amma lived in the back, like in another little house. Yeah. And so it was weird. Here I was, this very Americanized, quite, you know, in India to ha- have gone to an American school, all that was quite posh. Yeah. My father worked for the government, so he'd gone on a government posting. But, you know, that's how I seemed. And so there was this little girl, a year older, a year younger than me in the house, And the second year that I went, I think she, I was nine or 10, maybe nine. I wasn't yet 10. She must have been eight or nine. She didn't like it. I think she was like, I mean, she said, she was like, Amma is our servant. Oh, no. And, you know, why is this? So one time I was over there and she called her by name. She said, Narmi, come over here and something, something. And I said to her in English, what do you need? I'll get it. Because I had always worked with Amma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said something to me and I hit her. I socked her in the face because she was being so nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a child with a stammer. I was scrawny, but I was given to huge bouts of violence. (laughs) (laughs) Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now, what are arms for if not for snuggling? I'm so moved by this bloody story. <laughs> it is. Ama is the one who taught me how to love and how to cuddle oh and how God. to... It's true. I can't. I think, I mean, that's just such a wonderful story. And it is. Dare I ask where Alma is now? I guess she's she's since well, left us, has she? So I'll go back to the story. The lady doctor called my mother, like, your daughter knocked out my granddaughter. And my mother was knocked like, oh. her out. Well, I mean, she fell down. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so she said she knocked her down or whatever. And, and, and Ama was freaking out. Ama was like, baby, you know, she used to call me Choti baby, which means small baby. Aww. And here I was like, you know, super tall. Yeah. Choti baby, what have you done? And oh, mera ba, choti baby, bhanno chhu, pat pat padni. That was Nepalese. Because my first language was Nepalese. Was it? Because I only spoke to her. Yeah, right. Anyway, and so then I was like, oh, and I was like, I don't care. I was like, you know, I don't care. And she can't talk to you like that. And, and Ahmad was like, I'm going to lose my job, blah, blah. So this lady called my mother and my mother came over and blah, blah, blah. And my mother was like, okay, fine. She said, look, she shouldn't have done it. But frankly, you should not be raising kids who talk to help like yes. that. Or anyone like that. Yeah, any, yeah, anyone at all. Like, yeah. Well, because in India, the help thing is a big, right, it's a right, big right. power dynamic. And yeah. so the lady doctor, I remember, said, well, you know. And so my mom said, well, here's what's going to happen. My kid's going to see her. Yeah. And if you fire her then you're going to have no help. So, And then if you make her life miserable. So it was a bit uncomfortable. Then a year and a half later, we came back and Amma came straight back to work for us. Yeah, Amma so was nice. so great. Amma was so great. When I became a teenager, I used to smoke and my parents didn't know. And I used to hide in the back of the house and smoke. And she never mentioned it to me. Yeah. But she used to wake. I, I remember one time I was studying for my exams and I came out at 1030 at night into the garden and she had a flashlight and she was picking up cigarette butts. Oh, my God. Because she didn't want my mother and oh father God. to find out. She never mentioned it to me, though. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. You're going to set me up so again. <laughs> no, no, no. And then she passed away. I won't tell you about that because you won't make it through this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but she was happy up until near the end when she got ill. Or did she get ill? So I just turned 18. I was in, the, in my last year of school, so I must have been, you know, 17, 18. Um, and... I just started being allowed to go to parties and I used to wake up and it was the winter, it was November and Ama used to wake up an hour before me and turn on the hot water geezer so I could have a bath mm. before I, or shower rather. We, in India we call it bath but we yeah. don't mean a bathtub, we mean a bucket with water. Mm. And she always woke me up and then she would see me off um, and no one woke me up. So I was like, God damn it. So I went, and this had never happened in my life. Yeah. So I went downstairs and I was like, Ama, you didn't wake me up. And Ama was sleeping. She used to sleep on the floor because she didn't like sleeping on a bed. She had a mattress. She said to me, Choti baby, at night a ghost came and sat on my chest. Oh my God. And I'm sorry, I couldn't stand up. And I, I remember thinking, there's something wrong. So I went to my parents, I knocked on the door and I said to them, and my mother said, oh, she's overeaten, she has gas. You yeah. go to school, we'll deal with it. She's eat, she always eats so much. Yeah, because you know my mom thought that she ate too much rice and it wasn't good for her health. Plus, yeah. my mom was somewhat callous, frankly, <laughs> uh, about it. So I went to school. 
Yeah. I didn't even think twice. Yeah, of course, yeah. And then I got back and um, she'd had a heart attack. Fuck. So they'd taken her to the hospital and she was in the hospital and I was like, I have to go see her. So I went and she was in the intensive care. But because of my parents, she was sort of in a slightly, you know, she was, the nurses were like, oh, we're going to take care of her because she was an illiterate Nepalese woman, you know, and, and she had some family, you know, no one close. And so I went, I saw her and she was better. And she said, oh, Choti baby, you know, I'm, I'm going to get better. Who's going to do your hot water? And I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. Yeah. And then she got better. And I would go every day after school and give her soup. Oh. I would feed her soup yeah. because she couldn't eat anything. And she used to be, she used to say, I'm so ashamed. Why? That you have to work for me. Oh, God. You know, she used to, and I used to be like, Ugh. I, I used to always be telling her off. I'm like, Amma, you're so dumb. Don't be ashamed. Of course I'm going to, you know. Yeah. And my parents gave a lot of space to me to do that. Yeah, good. Yeah. To go there and so on. And, but I couldn't drive and the, ho- and the hospital was in town. And then my mother had started doing her therapy work at the wide, YMCA in India, YWCA, they had a therapy section. Mm. And so every day from school, I would take the bus to my mom and then make my mom drive me. And then oh. one day I went and she was talking and I was like, I need to go, I need to go. Because Amma had left the intensive care and was like in a normal ward. Yeah. And I said, I need to go, I need to go. And my mom was like, I don't have time, we'll go tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And then that night there was a party, I remember, because I wasn't really allowed to go to parties, but I was allowed to go to that one. And there was this boy I liked. Yeah, I remember, and he 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 used to come over a lot. And Amma didn't like him. She used to say he has too much hair on his chest. Boys <laughs> with that much hair are not to be trusted. <laughs> because she was from Nepal, and they're not as hairy as Indians. Right? Yeah. Why well, might I wonder so, if it's like testosterone so for her, or something? No, like. for her it was like if you were because yeah. for her it was a sign of a foreigner. Oh, oh. Like a hairy, hairy man was not yeah. a Nepalese. So she was like, oh, you can't trust him. Right. And I stayed over at my friend's. And the next morning, we were, you know, we'd go to the hospital. But before we went, I came home. And the phone was ringing and ringing. And no one would pick up the phone. And in those days, there was one phone, you know. Yeah. So I went and picked it up. And she had like a niece, like an in-law, like a kind of distant relative niece. And she was on the phone. And she said, Choti baby, Choti baby, dekho, Amma ji, humko chodke chali gayi. She said, Choti baby, Choti baby, look, Amma has left us and gone. And it was the one day I hadn't seen her. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, Jesus. I, I have to be honest with you. I, it took me a very long time to forgive my mother for yeah. not taking me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so we rushed to the hospital, my father, my mother and I, and... Um, I don't even know if I can tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this tell because me, it's important me. to the story. Yeah, I uh, we I went to her room because she had a room. We'd put her in a room, and it was empty. The bed was empty, and there were these nurses that were clearing up. And I said, "Where's the the lady?" And they said, "Oh, are you from her family?" And I said, "Yeah." And then they said, "Who's Choti Baby?" Oh God! <laughs> and I said, "Why?" And they said, you know, she was really going and the doctor was there, but she was holding on. And she said to the doctor, get out of the front of the doorway. Choti baby oh. hasn't come. I can't go. <laughs> I know. It was incredible to me that I had to hear that. It was crazy. Oh, God. It was crazy. I mean, and I remember feeling so guilty and so angry. I was 17, 18. I didn't know what was going on. And... I said, oh, I'm Choti Baby. And they're, and so they were quite nice to me. They they, they were like, because I went every day, Lou. Then I went and then I was involved and then I went to the, to, the, to the mortuary. And 
she was so little. You know, they'd yeah. wrapped her up. She was four foot three, four. And then I insisted on going to the cremation, which is unusual. Women don't go. What? Um, what? But I, Why? Yeah, women don't. It's not oh, something that women are supposed to do. But I went and we burnt her on an open pyre. What? And hang I, on, hang yeah. on. Wait, 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 wait. Mm. That's <laughs> why how it happens. Why aren't women allowed? And why are you burning her on an open fire like a... Open pyre. What pyre. does that mean? A pyre is a, it's a kind of a platform you make with okay, wood. Okay, yeah. And you put the dead body on that and you burn it. So you can see it burning. Well, there's so much flames. You don't. You can hear it. You can hear all the bones oh, popping. Oh, please! But it's for us. It's for for me and the way we're raised. It's really about the release of the spirit, and also for yeah. us, death is as sacred as life. Yes, I I do definitely agree. I think we've got death all wrong in the West, and we uh, get too upset. Like I wasn't upset about her dying weirdly because I know like when she gets to the other side she'll be so happy and she won't it will sort of mean nothing that you weren't there not in a bad way sure, the, sure, the love 100%. it was she you only take the love with you kind of thing you know what I mean yeah. so yeah but um and, and burning on an open fire why not fires are sacred aren't they yeah and then you Beautiful see everything things. going up you see all the oh, ashes wow. going up and and everything but what I did was I'm on board and this, I'm back and on this, board yeah, <laughs> and this is something you don't do is I asked the people at the mortuary before anyone else did she used to wear because she was nepalese she had a a nose pin here but she had one here in her septum yeah and as a child i have a memory of playing with it oh so i asked for it which you're not supposed to keep the stuff of dead people right but you know fuck that so yeah. i kept it yeah i didn't tell anyone yeah and then um anyway so we did all that and then my best friend, Ambika, who's still one of my, she's still my best friend. Um, you know, she's, uh, she, she came because she knew what Ama meant to me. You see, Ama was Nepalese and she, she used to pray to the sun. Oh, I love Like she hadn't that. seen electric lights when she arrived in our house. You know, she used to wow. pray to the sun. Wow. But during the monsoon, when there was no sun, she, so what she would do is she would pray, do her prayers to the sun and then eat. But during the monsoon, when there was no sun, she would do them to me, her prayers. Oh, my God. And then eat. <laughs> oh yeah, she was incredible. And I remember being really young and being like, hurry up. I got to go. And so that was her whole life. And some days I'd be in school and I was 15 and I wouldn't go home. And in the morning, I'd have run out the door. So she wouldn't have eaten all day. And my friend Ambika used to say to me, you bitch, go home wow. and show your face yes, to her. Yes, yes, yes. But I just took everything for granted. I never said thank you. I never, And then she died. Wow. And to me, that was like, I learned a lot of lessons in that moment of her going that, oh God, you have to say thank you. You have to be present. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So I had her stuff. And then one day, I remember like a month or so later, I was sitting in my room and I, have a, I had a little balcony outside my room where she would dry my clothes because she didn't think it was decent for girls' underwear to dry in the open. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, whatever, just do what you need to do. Yeah. And she was standing there and drying my clothes. And I thought, oh, there's a little hallucination. But she was always around doing my work. And so then I went to my mom and I was like, Ma, Amma's always here. And my mom said, I know, I've seen her too. She's always around. What is... And then she went to this gentleman that was kind of like a someone who reads your horoscope and all that, like an yeah. astrologer slash priest. And he said, something of hers is in this house. My mom looked at oh. me and I was like, oh. It was the nose stuff that I'd kept. Oh, sugar, right. Oh, my God. So then the, the astrologer guy was like, do you have any of her stuff? And 
I was like, I said to my mom, well, I have her nose stuff. And my mom's like, oh, we have to go put it in the river. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You do what you like. And my mom was like, okay, you have to. I said, okay, I'll go do it. So, of course, I went and didn't do it. Yeah. But at the river, I said to her, I said, Amma, you got to stop showing up with mom because she's going to know I have your stuff. Just, you can come with to, to me, but can you just stop? Yeah. Literally, I have the stuff upstairs. I have it in oh a box. I never gosh. gave it away. But she stopped showing up to mom. She would show up to me a few times and I'd be like, okay, fine, that's fine. But and then she just like, then she And then it stops. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, I used to say to my mother when I was younger, I used to say, you know, when, when I get married, because I always thought I'd have an arranged marriage at 18 or 19, you know, it was, was supposed to happen. I said, what will happen to Amma? And Amma would be cutting vegetables and she would say, I'm, I'm going to go in your dowry with you. And I remember when I got married <laughs> and my parents had all this stuff for me and they sent it, even though I married a Dane. I sent, you know, they sent it to me. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, Amma used to always say she'll come in my dowry. That was, that was one of the times when I really felt it. You know what I mean? What a gift it was for me to have had her. Oh, my God. From cradle to podcast, maybe the true listening is with our hearts. This is not the podcast you asked oh, me to do. It, it I'm so perfect. sorry. It's perfect. And like, what a story. It's like so nice how life, like on the one hand, your mum has got postnatal depression, which is awful, and you didn't bond with her in the early stages. But life oh. has given you a different gift of another woman who's really special in your life. I love it. Yeah, and I don't think I really understood their bond until much later after I had children and my mom and I talked about it. Because my mother was very, my mother was very happy. Yeah. To have Amma. So there was yeah. no question of jealousy. She was like, this kid needs someone. It's not me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, you know, and then the whole story, I guess, was that my mother, um, there, there was a man who would come to sell vegetables, you know, fresh vegetables every morning yeah. to the door. And my mother used to, you know, get the vegetables and he would hear this baby crying because my mother never ch- picked me up. Never. Wow. And so one day he said to her, oh, um, he said, I have a, my sister has been thrown out by her husband in the village. Oh, God, why? Because she had 10 children and they all died. Oh, Ten infants. no. 10. He said on the 10th infant, she got thrown out because he said, you're a witch, you eat the kids. So now she has no husband and no children and she can't, you know, I need to get her something to do. So if I bring her into the city yeah. from Nepal, yeah. the village interior... Do you think she could get cleaning work or something? The one thing she won't do is work with babies or children because she's she, she's cursed. Yeah. So my mom, being my mother, being an extremely cunning woman, said, yeah, she could work here, but just she can only clean. Yeah. And he was like, okay, fine. So he got her and my mother said, what my mother did was, this woman didn't speak Hindi. Yeah. She was illiterate. Yeah. She was petrified. Yeah. And my mom welcomed her into the house and in some kind of broken way explained to her this was the house. She then left her there and said there's a baby in that room and she left. And this is Alma. Alma. So Alma had had 10 babies that di- ten died and died. kicked out by her husband. Yeah. Uh, this story, uh, I mean, why are you not talking about this on stage? <laughs> this is unbelievable. It's, it's, and my mother left her there. Yeah. After it was like a, it was like after a day or so, but it was the first day, so it was most of the day, and she left, and she she kind of showed her stuff, but she left, and she came back soon, and 
she said to me, I knew when I met this woman that she could handle a baby. But she had this thing about I'm cursed, this bullshit. Mm. So I thought, well, we're going to find out. And I left. She left me. Yeah. I was three weeks old. Wow. And when she came back, Ama had torn some rags and wrapped them around her hands. Yeah. So that she couldn't touch me because she thought that would kill me. And she was holding me and sort of rocking me. And my mom was like, done. This is what you're going to do. And for months... She wore rags around her hands because she was like, if I touch this baby, it's going to die. But when I didn't die, my mother said to me, that's what made Ama believe she wasn't a witch. Yeah, I was going to say, you healed each other. It's amazing. And And it was my mom who got it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And it's not her fault she didn't drive to the hospital that day. And for whatever reason, it was meant to be like that. Yeah. I used to say to my mother, you know, she was my real mother and you didn't drive me to the hospital. My mother never once argued. She would sit in front of me and just let the tears fall. And she said... She used to say, "I'm, uh, I, in, in, I have lifetimes of debt to you." Wow. Yeah. My God. Okay. So those cuddles were great. Alma's <laughs> cuddles were great. Well, it leads us on to the next question. Actually, <laughs> who would you most like to cuddle, alive or dead, human or other, and why? Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, your mum has sadly passed away as well. So now yes, you can have two people. I let you have oh, two 100%, people. Hundred percent. I think. I mean, if I yeah, I'd have the two of them, and and they could hug each I, other. They probably are right yeah. now. And if I had to pick, I would pick Alma. Would you? Only because, because I told my mother, Mommy, thank you, and I, I'm yes. indebted to you, yeah. and I love you. And my mother, you know, I never once even looked at Alma to say, I didn't know to say thank you. And I think that is that is my capacity to be willing to, my capacities as a mother, and insofar as I've had any success being a mother, it's the unconditional part of me when it comes to my kids is from Amma. All the conditional is from my mother, which is fine because that's also very, very good for my kids. But um, when my mother changed, when my mother started to change and really became into herself and became a very engaged parent available to me, yeah, I was able to recognize that feeling because I'd had it from Amma. Oh, my God. Well. You know? That has blown me away. And you can't really ask questions like, oh, what was the last cuddle you remember <laughs> after a story like that? Oh, well, so we'll I just come, I think we'll just come to the... Um, I can tell you the last cuddle I remember. Go on. I really got very... I, I lost my temper with my youngest kid mm. because she was not doing what she was supposed to and she was being rude and this, that and the other. And I was harsh. I was harsh. I was tough on her. And... Then later I thought to myself, because Amma had, of course, never said anything to me besides you're great and I pray to your face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course. And um, it was lucky you're not an absolute narcissist buffoon. <laughs> well, no, but my, my sister and my mother made sure that that was oh, yeah, yeah, not the good, case. Yeah. And I had those years away from Amma. But, um, but I, I, I always feel like I was too harsh. And I, on this occasion, I thought I might have been. And so I went downstairs and I, this was in Denmark. And I said to her, I said, all those things I said, that must have felt really bad that I said those things. And she ran across the room and just <laughs> hugged me. She just hugged me. And I thought I needed this hug. It's a kind of 
I have to hug her, but I think she's forgiving me yeah, for having yeah, been yeah. that tough yeah, on her. Yeah, yeah. And she hugged me, and then she patted me with her little hands on oh, my back, God. like the way that we pat babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, "Oh, it wasn't that bad, Mama." And I was like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm dying." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I sat her down and I said, "No, actually, it was terrible. Yeah. I have no business talking like that. I was, I lost my temper. All the things you did are shit. Yes, but I have to find a better way to communicate with you." But when she ran across the room to hug me, it was I thought it was because she felt bad. I think she could see on my face that I felt bad. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, that's a good that's hug. A, that's a good hug and that's a good daughter and that's a good mom, I would say. So it's the end of the show and the regulars will know this is the time that we embrace and it's very awkward and I get very paranoid that people think that I've done this whole podcast just so I can hug everyone. And I'd like to officially say they're not actually a pervert. It's a marketing strategy. Um, okay, lovely. Well, that was perfect. Thank you so much. I have quite a lot, but I am coming on my period. I mean, one, it was a beautiful story. I'm trying to defend myself for being so emotional about it. But I am coming on my period and I'm just an emotional girl. But also that story was I mean, insane. There's ghosts. <laughs> yeah, there's, but I just there's laugh, there's postnatal depression. It's got everything. Yeah, there's all kinds. I think I was like worried. Like when my mother said, yeah, Amma's always here. Yeah. That's the day I stopped being, thinking, are there ghosts or are they not? I mean, she was there. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I've i seen a ghost. It's absolutely true. If people don't believe it's because they don't want to take on the enormity of not understanding the universe and energy and how it works. Anyway, thank you so, so much for doing the podcast. Before we go, uh, for the practical examination, we have to do it with energy which you believe in and I believe in. So you, if you close your eyes, I will count to three and then I'll come in for a hug and you tell me what you can feel, okay? I'm coming in and I'm hugging you tight. And that's, and that's a cuddle. That's great. <laughs> what did you feel? I felt very close to you. Like we have, I feel like your friend. Oh, that's nice. Now I'll close my eyes and you come in and you hug okay. me, okay? All right, coming in, I'm coming in, and here I am. That is lovely. It's maternal, it's steady, it's powerful. You sort of like mean business in a caring way. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> That's basically my brand. Yeah. I mean business in a caring yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? There's, there's, a, there's room for being tough mm. and, and demanding and uh, exacting. Mm. with love mm. lovely um it doesn't feel right to market but that is sort of is the format of the show <laughs> <laughs> i say format in a very loose way okay what are you giving me for my cuddle there's this crystal heart <gasps> you see? that's lovely yeah that's what i would give you for your hug <laughs> oh she's not doing numbers okay numbers are so yeah banal. i feel like that as well okay for your hug let's do away with the numbers we can do what we like for your hug, I'm going to give you three lucky oh. dong bags. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Three. We both won today. Uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. What an episode. I mean, I've never cried so much, let alone on the Cuddle Club podcast. And I feel mortified that I made you cry like that. But... <laughs> no, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I, it's better out than in. Um, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait for people to hear it. Nice to see you and hopefully see, see you soon. So that was Sindhu V. 
what an episode we're all thinking it we let it go longer because who's who, who's gonna want to stop that story no thank you Sindhu v is on twitter she's at Sindhu s-i-n-d-u v as in very but also her name is v but it's just the one v and then funny you know how to spell that i'll leave you on your own for that she also does a podcast uh with Stuart Goldsmith and it's called Child Labour check out the Radio X uh, as I call it Radio Y chromosome <laughs> but Cindy's on there and she's a woman so yeah listen to that have a nice time thanks for listening rate, review, subscribe have a nice time that's me winking at you and remember to CC everybody in if CC stands for Cuddle Club Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.